Radio.com Sports presents Bet Sweats with Joe Ostrowski, breaking down the latest in sports betting. Bet Sweats on the BetQL Audio Network. Joe Ostrowski at Joe0670 on Twitter. My uh, co host, Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL. Eli producing. Bring uh, him in in just a second to talk some college hoops. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at BetSweat. Subscribe to the pod. Tell a friend about the pod. Leave us five stars on iTunes if you would. Uh, Eli Herskovich. So last night uh, I'm watching NBA, NHL's on, and then I just see Twitter erupting, erupting. I, I thought the Baylor game was over, my man. Explain to people what happened and how it impacted sports betters. Yeah, it was crazy. I ended up taking Kansas plus eight and a half before tip. So nice. It was crazy, man. It was one of the best wins I've had. I usually get one of those a year in college basketball. And to get that uh, down the stretch was just phenomenal. So essentially, Kansas down by double digits throughout the second half. And uh, Aruna, one of their guys up the bench, came up with a couple big layups down the stretch. Ended up cutting it to five with about two minutes left. And then Jared Butler for Baylor pushes off. Uh, hits a three. Baylor makes it an eight-point game. They're up by 13, 14 points with about a minute 20 left. So with the Kansas plus eight and a half ticket, you're thinking, okay, this is probably done. Baylor's winning this one by double figures. Even if you hit a three, Baylor maybe gets a layup at the other end or runs out the clock. There's no way Kansas is getting this down to eight. They get a steal on the next Baylor possession. I think it was like Baji who dunked it or a layup, whatever it was. So it was a 11-point game. Then Baylor gets a shot clock violation. There were at, at first there were just eight tenths of a second left on the shot clock or on the game clock. Then they pushed it back to 1.9 seconds left. So Baylor's redshirt senior, I believe, uh, gets the ball with about a second left, pulls up from three, hits the three off the glass. And Dan Schulman and Jay Billis were saying, "Okay, this impacted somebody out there." I feel like one of them had Kansas plus eight and a half. I, it might have been Schulman. Al Michaels bets maybe Shulman puts a couple bucks down on Kansas last night, but just one of the best wins I've had in a while. A backdoor cover for the ages with Kansas and Baylor. The funny thing is, all I would have done for that game, you know me, I would have been like, Baylor is giving Kansas eight and a half points. <laughs> no, I'm taking Kansas, just like I, I did when I smoked you on that bet earlier in the season. Right? <laughs> never, never bet again. Never and the thing, and, and dude, here's the funny yeah. thing. It yeah. wouldn't have been a good bet. Like, the Baylor was way better. It's kind of bizarre to see Baylor be that much better than Kansas. Way, It would have been a bad bet. That Dude, I went to bed. I woke up when I, I, I saw like 12 tweets in a row. With people just yep. showing that shot over and over and over again. That, I mean, you want to talk about why betting makes games more entertaining. The game was over, but there was still the threat of the spread. It was awesome. Yeah, I tagged him on Twitter afterwards, too. Chris Tian is his name if you're looking to uh, give him some love if you had Kansas plus eight and a half. Just a, a phenomenal shot from a guy that had no chance of playing in the game if it was like a seven or eight point game or even a six point game otherwise. But to be fair, like I'm not saying that Kansas should have covered because backdoor cover, one, one second left, whatever. But Butler pushed off when it was a five point game. The refs just completely missed the call. There were a couple of calls that went against Kansas that were kind of bullshit. But either way, Backdoor cover shouldn't have won it. Won it. It was. It was awesome. Uh, why did you decide to bet that game on the show? You mentioned the Johnnies, and in the afternoon, that was a cover. You mentioned maybe you want to put a little 
dash on the money line and that came through for you. But uh, you weren't really talking about this game. What what made you decide last minute to get involved? Yeah, I was going back and forth on it. I thought at the end the market was just a little bit high on too high on Baylor that it was a little bit inflated. And Kansas made their run in the second half. Ross, I know you were saying that okay, you're giving Kansas too many points, and Baylor was going to win this game and, and cover most likely either way, which is very well likely going to happen. But Kansas made their runs in the second half. I was really impressed with this Jayhawks team. This is probably a team similar to two years ago in the NCAA tournament, though, that could very well be on upset alert in the first round or second round. They lost to Auburn that year in the round of 32 when the Tigers shot the lights out and Auburn made the final four. I don't know if this team really has a, a deep run in March in them, assuming we get an NCAA tournament in March and it doesn't get pushed back. But, uh, yeah, I just thought this line was a little bit inflated, so I took the points. Let's talk about tonight. Alabama LSU SEC matchup. What do you got, Eli? This is a huge game in the SEC. Alabama undefeated in conference play. LSU sitting with one loss, I believe five and one in SEC play. And I've been talking about Bama futures all year long. Now I remember going back to I'm not calling Joe out here because I was a little pissed off at the time too. Stanford oh, Alabama wow. in the second game of the season. Alabama got smoked by Stanford, and he gave me shit on the show saying. Why do I have a Bama future? Rightfully so. But they're sitting right now 30 to 1 in the college basketball title futures market. They're 30 to 1 around that price. I believe 40 to 1 actually still on points bet, which is a price I don't hate. But at another sports book last night, they were still 100 to 1. So there are some bigger, uh, bigger uh, sized futures out there on Alabama. If you could find a, a ticket above 60 to 1 on Alabama, I would take that. But for tonight's game, I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. My one issue with Bama is they're a little undersized without Jordan Bruner, and uh, Alabama's a pretty good offensive rebounding team, and same goes for LSU. Both teams struggle a little bit on the defensive glass. Alabama can shoot the three ball at a pretty high clip when they're on. They're starting to regress positively in that manner, and LSU hasn't faced a team that shoots like this from three that chucks up a ton of threes and hit has hit them consistently at least of late. So it's tough to gauge that three-point defense because they played well against – they defended the three-point line well overall this season. But, again, they haven't really faced a team that could stretch the floor like this. So without Bruner, I give a slight edge to LSU, and I would consider maybe a live play on Alabama if LSU starts out kind of fast like they did going back to last week against Arkansas. So probably a no, uh, no play for me unless I can get a good number on Alabama. But there's value in this tie team long-term if you could find a good price on on the crimson tide all right as long as you bring that up let's uh let's mention that hey and i wasn't giving you shit because i got bama too uh so we talked about bama boise i believe you have a west virginia ticket which you which you believe is dead do you have anybody else in your quote portfolio i have Rutgers, and they've oh yeah Rutgers. i have Rutgers too i forgot about that yeah, yeah, they've lost five of their last six jared jesus Harper, christ maybe the line was right when you got him at 90 yeah they've they've they, have a, they had a lot coming back this year. So it was one of those spots where they were playing really well in conference play. I thought the market was a little too low on them. But, yeah, they've, they've struggled of late. Ron Harper Jr. was shooting like 45% from three. He's come back down to earth and then some. I think just it's just a confidence thing. They play Penn State on Thursday, which is as big of a, a, a must-win spot as you can get in college basketball. coming but off. But are you, are you looking to add, though, by the time we get to March or no? I, t- I was talking about a future last week with Colorado. They were around 100 to 1 on points bet. Going to double check to see what they're at right now. I'm assuming the market has adjusted 66 to 1. So, yeah, the market came back on Colorado. This uh, this team, the Buffs, are probably the best team in the Pac 12. If, if, it, if it's not uh, Colorado, then it's UCLA. 
So they're right there. They're neck and neck. Uh, Colorado, three-point loss to UCLA earlier in the season. I don't really see much value otherwise. Like if you look on points bet, sports books don't adjust. It's just a matter of fact from time to time. And Maryland's sitting at 66-1 to one at their book. They're not winning a title this year. I, I know, Joe, I had like seven or eight uh, futures going back to last year. Year before that, probably like six. I, I kind of like my futures portfolio r- right now. I don't know if my West Virginia future is – necessarily dead they're on COVID break right now so it's it's tough to it's tough to tell how teams are going to adjust off of like a a two-week layoff but hopefully for Huggins team it's you have a big inside like Culver and you have a guy a bunch of guys that could space the floor around him which they didn't do when Shibway was still with the, with the program so there's no value in that 25 to 1 ticket but maybe what about 50 buy. what about for people listening don't have West Virginia tickets would they buy a 50 is that worth it yeah, if they struggle, I don't I don't see a fifty out there, but if they if they drop back to that I point see one right now. Oh, if there is a fifty to one, yeah. Take it. If you want to like put maybe like a half unit down on the Mountaineers, I don't hate that bet. Uh they lost to they lost to Texas in the game before the, the COVID shutdown. They should have won that game. It, it it just it's again, it's one of those situations where we haven't faced a we haven't faced a season like this before. We're with a team like West Virginia or any other team. Villanova's coming off a, a three week layoff with COVID, so I'm assuming with an experienced coach like Huggins, even though some people think he's overrated, that they're going to be able to adjust and they have the guards to do it around Culver. But fifty to one, probably a price I would buy on. Maybe like again, like a quarter of a unit, half a unit, but nothing too crazy. Let's get back tonight and let's get back to the SEC. South Carolina against Missouri, Eli. Yeah, uh, I like the Gamecocks in this one, getting six. It's sitting at six on points bet. Frank Martin, the South Carolina coach, former K-State coach too, is going to be on the sidelines today. He missed the LSU game last week uh, on Saturday. South Carolina ended up up covering that one down the stretch. But I think South Carolina is able to control the tempo in this game. Uh, Two teams that are, are pretty big and about evenly matched on the glass too, but South Carolina, one of the better rebounding teams, in college basketball, a top 70 uh, defensive rebounding rate and then a top 30 offensive rebounding rate in college basketball. And Keyshawn Bryant is back for South Carolina and uh, major impact guy, especially on the offensive glass and especially around the rim at the other end of the floor too. really high block percentage across Division One. So I-, I like this South Carolina team. I think they're a little bit uh, uh, undervalued in the betting market. Missouri, it's tough to say if they're overvalued at this point because they played well in SEC play. They blew a a lead in the second half to Mississippi State going back to a couple weeks ago. I still like this team defensively, but South Carolina's ability to control the pace and control the glass and get on a run against a Missouri team that wants to play slow and play more of a half-court style of game, I think plays to South Carolina. So I'll take the six points. Does that cover it um, as far as college before we get to McDonough? Yeah, just one more game that I want to hit on is Michigan and Maryland. I'll make this really quick with 30 seconds. Michigan around a 10, 10 and a half point favorite. Bet Minnesota over the weekend. Gophers won that game by 20 as a five and a half point home dog. I I might end up on Maryland, even though this is your prototypical bounce back spot. These two teams matched up uh, a few weeks ago, and I think it was on uh, New Year's Eve, and Michigan blew them out in the second half. Dickinson dominated inside, but I kind of like Maryland's ability to adjust in this game, especially if they're able to play better on the glass and kind of double Dickinson. And if Michigan doesn't shoot the ball well, as well as they did in that Maryland game, and kind of similar to what they did with Minnesota over the weekend, struggling from three in their offense, kind of looked inept. This might be a, another sell-high spot on, on Michigan, especially as a double-digit favorite. They might win this game by eight or nine points, but I think Maryland's playing a little bit better 
of late too. Eric Ayala very likely going to come off the bench and play in this game. He missed the Illinois game and the, and the uh, last game for Maryland. So I think there's a little bit of value on the Terps, but I uh, might not bet that. So maybe we see an 11. All right. Thank you, Eli. Actionable information there from our college, college hoops expert.